If you turn to uh, Hebrews chapter 12, scripture reading today is Hebrews chapter 12, verses 18 to the end. But you have not come to the mountain that may be touched and that, that burned with fire, and to blackness and darkness with tempest, and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, so that those who heard it begged that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. For they could not endure what was commanded, and if so much as a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned or shot with an arrow. And so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I am exceedingly afraid and trembling. But you have come to Mount Zion, and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. See that you do not refuse him who speaks, for if they do not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall they not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken shall remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. So this is very exciting. Uh, we have um, spent a lot of time up in Galilee and uh, the Dead Sea, and seen a lot of ruins. So today we arrived in Jerusalem, and uh, so we're all here. Andrea is here. She's not in the picture, but she's here. Hi, guys. We're actually in the girls' room. So uh, whenever you arrive in Jerusalem, they always, uh, with this tour guide, tour company at least, they play some music as you drive up to the, uh, up to the Mount of Olives, and so your first real scope is of the Temple Mount and the Mount of Olives, and that's what we did today, and uh, which went along really well with the sermon I had planned this morning, which is our night. So it's it's eight o'clock at night. We just got done eating, and uh, just wanted to uh, get things rolling a little early so we make sure we didn't have any hiccups. Everyone can hear me okay? Very good. And you can see us okay? That's amazing. So we have, uh, we're ready tomorrow to ascend, and we really have been ascending into Jerusalem. So we drove in today from uh, over a thousand feet below sea level, uphill, 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 to, and then over the hill in Jerusalem. So this morning, I would like to just take a little bit of time. Uh, you've already read out of Hebrews uh, earlier in your service. Uh, and we want to jump off of that by talking about the physical Zion and then our more improved and better Zion that we have waiting for us, the heavenly Zion. And so to try to understand these Zions, uh, let's talk about the physical one first. Now we're going to look at the Psalms of Ascent because no matter what direction you come from, north, south, east, or west, when you come to Jerusalem, you got to go uphill. And that takes us to the book of Psalms. There are 15 
15 Psalms of Ascent, Psalm 120 through 135. And we're going to take just a smattering out of these. I'm going to really focus in on a central one uh, here, but we're just going to cruise through these and uh, then talk about our the Zion that we have that is better. And uh, I think that's important for us to realize that God has significantly improved uh, our expectation. Not only because we are Gentiles and had only expectation of death and eternal punishment, but because he has improved it. For Israel, their expectation is a place and uh, uh, to dwell in peace uh, with uh, bounty. But we have something superior to that, and Hebrews talks about that, that's available not only to Israel, but to all men. But let's look at the physical Israel first, and before we do that, let's have our prayer. Lord God, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for the opportunity to gather together, even though we are from very distant parts of the world, but we can gather in your name, and we uh, just thank you for your work in our lives and for the wonder of your salvation. And Lord, as we open up your word, as always, we pray that you might give us uh, understanding. You might give us not only uh, sharp minds, but open hearts, and that we might recognize your authority. Lord, as, as we always do, we pray that you might set a guard over what is spoken, how it is received, and that it might bring you honor, glory, and praise. In Christ Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, if you've turned your Bibles, uh, you should be around Psalm 120. And uh, some of these you're going to be real familiar with because we have lots of songs that come out of this section of Psalms. The first one we don't have very much about, but I, I like the progression of the Psalms of Ascent uh, because the first one isn't very happy. In fact, it's all about distress. I'm in trouble. It's an acknowledgement that before we go to God, we are in trouble. It says, in my distress, I cried out to the Lord. He heard me. I cried out, deliver my soul, Lord, from lying lips, from a deceitful tongue. Uh, and we see that he has the enemy all around about him. Verse 5, woe is me. Uh, my, uh, verse 6, my soul has dwelt too long with one who hates peace. I am for peace when I speak therefore. And the condition of enmity that we have talked about in Jude is right there, isn't it? There's war. We None of us really want to be at war with God, but we are at war with God because of our sin. And we, and we find that we're in distress. And the one we need to cry out to is the Lord. And, and that turns our attention from the affairs of this world, saying, why am I going to the Mount Zion? Why do I need to head for the Israelite back for David? Why am I going to the temple? Why am I making this pilgrimage? And we remember that because we are in a state of distress. And when you are in distress, we need to go to God. And so the Psalms of Ascent start off with men where they are. They're in trouble. And where are you going to go when you're in trouble? Well, you don't need to go to the lawyers. You don't need to go to the bank. You don't need to go to... Uh, any of these others, you need to go to the Lord. 
And for Israel, that meant I need to get to the house of the Lord. And then right away, in, in the second psalm of ascent, and we'd love to have the music to all these, wouldn't we, just to sing them right after another? In the second psalm of ascent, well, where does my help come from? Well, it comes from the Lord, uh, who made heaven and earth. So make sure you have the right God you're going after when you're in distress, the one who has created all that exists, one who has made the heaven and the earth. He doesn't slumber. Uh, he, and I really appreciate verse 3 of Psalm 121 this week. He will not allow your foot to slip or be moved. Um, I've been going around in a cane. This has been really hard this week with my boot, and uh, it's and you're climbing in and out of ruins and on cobbled, old, slippery roads. Um, by the way, Andrea has slipped and fallen. I saw Valerie slip today coming down from Masada, and uh, I have been very careful, and I have not, I don't think I've slipped. Did you slip? Yeah, you slipped yet. So the old people are taking very great care. Um, but the Lord is the one that won't allow your foot to slip. I just, I just dropped the cane. He drops so the, his cane. I'm not used to holding on to it, so I set it down and it slips away. Um, but he doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. He's always available when we're in distress. And so going to the Lord isn't something you have to save up for for, for three years. I, we had to do that, but going to the, the new Zion, we don't have to do that. But God never sleeps. He never slumbers. He doesn't have on and off hours. Um, and uh, he's always there, and he's going to be the help. And he will keep us, keep our foot from sleeping, slipping, but he also keeps us. And then, of course, one that's a little more familiar, we get into 123. Once we recognize that we have trouble, then we recognize our help comes from the Lord. And now we start recognizing, I'm glad to go there. I'm glad to go get out of my trouble. I was glad when they said, uh, let us go into the house of the Lord. Uh, when our feet get to stand in the gates of Jerusalem. And that brings joy to our hearts. And, and, uh, and he again goes in and describes Jerusalem uh, in that case. And then, of course, verse 6, when, we, when we're glad to be among with the Lord, what comes to our mind? What comes to our conversation with God? How do we engage with him? Well, the first chapter of the Psalm of Sense talked about we're at war. Everything, we, we try to be for peace, but there's war. Until you go to God, the enmity will not be taken away. But once you go to God and you have that joy, what comes out of your mouth? You are praying for peace. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Um, not only for Jerusalem, but all those that love Jerusalem. That peace will be within their walls. Prosperity within your palaces. Um, and peace is the whole focus of our time coming together. We have gone from being against God and having enmity to now being peace. Peace for Jerusalem, peace for the people of God, peace with God. All this comes as, and you can imagine Israel singing these as they're pilgrimaging to Jerusalem. They're supposed to sing these. And as they're going up the steps in, onto the Temple Mount, the steps of the temple are built very deliberately. You have one, two, and then the third step sets you on a wider step. So you have two regular steps and then a wide step. 
When you get to that, you're supposed to share song ascent. Then you take one, two, and then the third step is a large step. And again, you rehearse another song of ascent. So not only are you seeing these while you're making pilgrimage and traveling, not just when you're coming up the hill out of the wilderness or out of the coast or out of the mountains of the north or the deserts of the south, but um, you come up the Temple Mount itself. You have an opportunity to rehearse these again, all focusing on we are coming not to a place but to a relationship. The place is, is an emblem. It's a picture. It's, it's an association. The place itself is a place of connecting in a relationship with God. And we go from distress to peace. And what is in between is I've come to a place where I can have fellowship with God, amongst people, in his word. And, uh, and that brings us now to worship and we find 123 is the focus on on mercy um, that God has mercy for us it's in both verse 2 and verse 3 so now we can be in getting receipt getting uh, developing all the things that God has for us there and uh, again we have um, uh, his protection given out there but I really want to focus in on Psalm 125. So if you want to look there, it says, Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved but abides forever as the mountains surround Jerusalem. So the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forever. For the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous. Lest the righteous reach out their hands to iniquity. Do good, O Lord, to those who are good and to those who are upright in their hearts. As for such as turn aside to their crooked ways, the Lord shall lead them away with the workers of iniquity. Peace be upon Israel. Well, once you have a relationship with God, have experienced his peace, no longer at enmity with him, recognize his mercy, that he has forgiven you and established you, um, we come to this facet that you are set apart. And in Jude, we studied that word sanctified. And uh, that's described here. It's a perfectly described here um, that we are now upright in our heart and developing that. And if you read verse 3, a passage out of the New Testament should come to your mind. Um, he said... Um, at the end of the verse, it says, lest the righteous reach out their hand to iniquity. Um, that wickedness should not rest on the land given to the righteous. So if God's made us righteous, there should be righteousness in our life. And there's a passage in the New Testament where we find an instruction in our praying if we are to pray what? According to the Lord's model prayer with regard to sin. The prayer is, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. Well, this is what Psalm 125, verse 3, is about. To place righteousness around the people of God, that we might choose, instead of sin, 
we might choose to do righteously, that keep the, the rule of wickedness. When it talks about a scepter, you're talking about rule. So I keep the rule of wickedness, the authority, the power of wickedness from the made righteous people, your people, so that it doesn't have authority in our life and we're not going to reach out and grab after sin. Rather, uh, surround the good with righteousness. And that's going to bring us closer to God. It's going to bring our sanctification, our made holiness, that we are being holy as, as he is holy. And so the psalmist recognizes that this is a cooperative, that we have to be responsive and that God has his part to deliver us from the evil one. And we have to be responsive to that. And so we have a, a, a wonderful presentation throughout these psalms of the relationship. And we can go on, uh, but I want to jump forward to, boy, I'd love to talk about a lot of these. We have the ones, if the Lord builds a house, if, ever, if the Lord doesn't build a house, if they ever made to build it, all these very familiar verses that are here in the Psalms of Ascent. Um, but I want to uh, go all the way uh, to the last two, 33 and 34, 133 and 134, sorry. Because they take us to the other end of the beautiful picture of what happens when you come and get things right with God. Here we go. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commended, commanded the blessing, life forevermore. What a wonderful description. What is the end result of this relationship that we have gotten into with God? Start out with us being in distress. But we have received our help. We went to God for help because we recognize he's the only one that's going to solve my problems. We have peace, no more enmity. We have mercy and we have sanctification happening in our life. And now we can be together in unity with others and we've met some great Christian people here. And um, we start hitting it off. And a lot of them didn't know I was a pastor. I don't think the guys even that I was supposed to, I, I signed up and they told me I'd have some responsibilities, but I haven't really been given any. So I've had it pretty easy. I did give a devotional, but that was something I asked to do because they didn't say much about Jordan. I wanted to talk about them. Um, but now we're in a, Situation once they found out as a pastor, I've been having several just tonight, start today, really to ask me questions. And uh, this has been a, this is a very spiritually eclectic group, and so there's not a, one group but a whole bunch of individuals or, or couples. Or, or I think the one group has like eight of them that were friends and just planned this. Uh, and so we're starting to have some sweet fellowship. Well, we can have that if the foundation is we have this relationship with God. And now we have a basis that allows us to have very close fellowship on a, in a pretty short term. Uh, we've really only been together for four days, 
four days with them, and they're starting to ask me some pretty serious, engaging me in some pretty serious uh, theological discussions, and 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 um, it's great, it's it's wonderful, and uh, we also did something else with this verse, with this uh, psalm, Psalm one thirty three. Uh, we uh, have found out a lot about oil on this trip, haven't we? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, there's a, so we found out that oil is really, really important in Israel. Not the oil you get out of the ground for running your automobiles. That's kind of important. But olive oil and myrrh and frankincense. Um, Daniel, Andrea bought you some myrrh today. Okay. So you're so far, we'll be okay. Uh, but uh, in, I think, three places we've gone, they've talked to us extensively about the oil. And, of course, predominantly olive oil, uh, but all the oils and what they do with various um, levels of oil. And so we've been trained in that. And for the psalmist to talk about this, this is part of the of health and of and of living that this is that when you have oil flowing in Israel, you have life, and it is that intimate to them. And so you have olive trees everywhere, and presses, and and olive oil being sold everywhere. And I think every meal we've had access to it extensively, and to them that is um, this contentment and this fullness and this life and the psalmist ends up that uh, it is really life forevermore and the other thing is in verse three is the dew of hermon and that's referring to the other very precious commodity we've been learning about and that is water uh and we understand it because we live in a desert most of the people here don't understand how precious water is they're from florida and michigan where else Chicago, Chicago Montana, Montana New, um, New Zealand, Canada, Canada. Australia, St. John, St. Thomas, St. Thomas. So I think we're about the only ones that are really from a desert. And to us, it's like, well, yeah, water is important. And these guys are like, wow, you have to do all that just to get water. Uh, but uh, uh, when you come to Jerusalem, you find out that how green it is compared to what's on the other side of the mountain where it's just desolate. It's, it's even more desolate than our deserts. Um, and you recognize that it's that God has really blessed this place with a supply of water. Um, even though the Jordan River doesn't come here. And so we're planning in the next couple of days to be head down Hezekiah's tunnel and the flow of water and how precious and important that is. Uh, on this trip, we uh, they took us to a new place um, from where we, when we were here eight years ago. They have found the ancient uh, city of Megiddo, which is um, what the Meg no, I'm talking about Megiddo. Yeah, they had we we found Magdala as well, but we didn't go to Megiddo, um, and when uh, before. And so in Megiddo, this is what the Megiddo Valley, the, the town, the, the city, that the Megiddo Valley, which you know of as Armageddon, the Armageddon Valley, 
This was the crossroads street or, or town, I'm sorry. And uh, to protect it, the problem was that the Megiddo city had walls, but the well was outside the walls. The water wasn't inside the walls. And so we were able to descend and they actually take you down the tunnel that they bore to go all the way down. And it was a long ways because the Megiddo city sits way up on a hill oversee everything, incredible views from there. And then we started walking down and we got down to ground level and we're thinking, oh, we're close. Well, you're not close yet. You got to go down <laughs> underneath and we kept going down and down and down and down and down then we had to climb back out another way that they had made um, to see they did all that to get access to the water but here in Mount Zion we have this flow and God has given us of his Holy Spirit he's given us of his word that we have all these precious things always available to you. The Holy Spirit is always available to you. You always have that oil of the Holy Spirit. You always have that, that water of the Word. It's always there. It's not something that, that we have to uh, have outside the gates. They're right there close. And then, of course, um, the last of the Psalms of the Saints, 134. Um, Behold, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who by night stand in the house of the Lord, Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. The Lord who made heaven and earth bless you from Zion. And so I get a chance today to bless you from Zion. Um, but this isn't where my hope is. This place is exciting and interesting, but it's not my hope. And there is something better. Um, but ultimately, when we consider all that we have, it calls us to worship. Bless the Lord. Um, all you servants of the Lord, uh, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless, bless the Lord. And again, we have a hymn out of that. So that's what's going on here in Jerusalem, and it's an exciting place, and it was a precious place. And even our guide is all, ooh, everything's wonderful about, perfect about Jerusalem. And if we could just get rid of those Palestinians and other Arabs, we'd be in great shape. But um, that's not where our hope is. And we're excited about talking about the Temple Mount uh, in Jerusalem in terms of prophecy, but really be, not because we want uh, to be here, but because we want that to happen so we can go to our heavenly Zion. So turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. And again, the contrast here is really using uh, the mountain of the law, Mount Sinai, but uh, he is going to mention Mount Zion. So let's pick up verse 18. You've already read this, actually. So let's go ahead and go a little bit further on and look at our mount. Uh, verse 22. It says, but you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, 
to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant and the blood, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. So we're going to stop right there. So here's what we have. We have something better. Our Mount Zion isn't here in Jerusalem. I'm not closer to God because I'm here and you're there. Because the Mount Zion that we come to for our relationship with God, the Mount Zion we come to to have peace, the Mount Zion that we come to for mercy, the Mount Zion that's going to be our sanctification and our oil and our water, our sustenance and our life isn't of this physical world. It is the heavenly one. And this reminds us that the temple here is not a primary facility. It is a copy. Remember that God brought Moses and said, I want you, you're going to make a copy of something you're going to see in heaven. And so this Zion that David sings about is just a copy of the Zion in heaven that we want to go to, we want to be with and in. And so this is what the writer of Hebrews is referring to, is that we're going to go to the city of the living God, uh, heavenly Jerusalem. And uh, he is going to embellish this and just talk about how wonderful this place is compared to what we have here. You know, you have priests and horns and all of this activity here. You're going to have innumerable angels there. You're going to have living water to wash with here. There's, there's going to be the living God. Here you have a high priest that when he gets old, he gets, needs to be replaced. But there we're going to have Jesus Christ. Everything about the Zion we long for is better than anything here in Jerusalem, then, now, or ever. This is what we have. This is our promise. This is our expectation. We have things better than the blood of bulls and goats and the blood of Abel's sacrifice. Um, we have the precious blood of Christ that is the once for all that we talked about in the book of Jude. Once for all. And that's what we have. Once for all time, once for all men. Both sides. Don't need to pick. Just accept both of it. It's once for all time. No other sacrifice needed once for all men. God is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. And so we have a so superior a Mount Zion that it makes this one look puny and pathetic and kind of weak. Is it impressive? Well, it's not very impressive right now because there's a big Muslim structure in the middle of it, um, which they think is impressive, but it really isn't. And even if Solomon's temple was there, Herod's temple were still there, can't compare. Cannot compare to what God has given us in the heavenly Mount Zion. And so when we have such an incredible gift of God. We have a relationship with God. We have all the things David spoke about in all the Psalms of Ascents. And uh, 
when we think about, I want to go to the house of the Lord, um, maybe that's something you need to read is a few of the Psalms of Ascent every Sunday night. Not Saturday night, Saturday night. And say, I want to go to the house of the Lord. Because that's where my help is. Not just in that building, because that's just the physical. That's no better than the physical we have here outside our window. Um, no, the spiritual. We want to gather together and recognize we come to this meeting place to develop and build my relationship with God. And that's pleasant. That's joyful. That's, that's wondrous. I'm here to develop that relationship to to my to fulfill my peace, my joy, my sanctification, to sing his praises, um, and to develop um, my uh, and to establish my faith, knowing that I have eternal life. I already have it. Now that I have eternal life, I also have the oil and the water. I have the, the commodities that I need. God has given me all of that. And at a church level, we have all of it. Um, right now, they're kind of worried about water here. It's a little dry. Although it did rain on us a little bit, just a little bit of rain on the Sea of Galilee. Um, and so, uh, we want to. Um, Recognize that our water never dries up. There, if there's a spiritual drought in your life, it's not God's fault. He's provided springs of living water in your life. So today we went to Engedi. At the top of Engedi, way, way up there, uh, Engedi has five waterfalls along it. At the very top, um, it, it, there's no river, it's the springs. And when David talks about springs of living water, he's thinking of a Gedi where he hid out from Saul. <laughs> he cut off Saul's garment. Um, and those, we're in the desertest desert that you can imagine, desolate. And there's a dead sea down there at the bottom of a Gedi. And you're there and you're like, here, out of nowhere, is this spring that's been springing for 3,000 years. And there's still water flowing down it. Rest of the country is pretty dry, but in Getty, still that water flowing down. And and these two girls over here put their feet into it. They walk in the cold waters of Getty. It's coming out of rock, water from the rock. We have spiritual water from the rock always, and we we should thrive even when our circumstances are seem to like they should be spiritually desolate around us, doesn't matter. We can have continuous. All of this is in the heavenly Zion, our hope. So if you've got all that going for you, now we have a little warning. You ready? Here we go. Verse 23. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. Because there are some people who didn't appreciate and didn't Follow through. So let's read it in verse 25 of Hebrews 12. For if they did not escape or refuse him who spoke on earth, how much more shall we not escape who turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth, but now is promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. 
Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, and remember that's something that David wrote about Jerusalem in the Psalms of Ascent, the Lord keeps us, keeps your foot from slipping. Uh, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. So we've got all this benefit, 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 benefits. What's our responsibility? You turn away from that, and you will find the other side that if we reject God, we have judgment. We spent some time yesterday in a place of judgment. About 4,000 years, that's places under judgment. And there's no life there. It's called the Dead Sea. So we floated in it last night. We floated in it this morning. Um, so we're all very soft here. But it's a place of judgment. And the water smells of it. And you know that there's, you smell the sulfur still. 4,000 years later, it still smells of it. Um, when you turn away from God and reject him, he will judge. He is a consuming fire. And I just came from a place where that's happened. The fire of God came down, and it is still dead 4,000 years later. So the warning stands, and the book of Hebrews is all about that warning, right? Either you're going to build this relationship with God, come to him at the Holy Mountain, because, and develop it and pursue it, get the peace, the joy, the water, the oil, eternal life, you're going to bless his name. Or, there's no neutral, or you're going to have to face a God who can destroy everything in an instant. And he has and here in this wonderful place where God has preserved this city of blessing, has also preserved his fire on the other side of the mountain range. And so we have responsibility to live on this side and to seek it out, to gather with his people, to hear his word, to see the oil, to, to walk in the spirit. To, to nourish ourselves with the water from the Word um, and to gather together is good to be brethren in the house of the Lord, to build our relationship with God one with another and our faith in God. And so um, we have some, some wonderful illustrations and they've gone through my mind a little bit while we were traveling, knowing that I had this message and uh, just to see what it takes to get to Jerusalem. And uh, the blessing that it is once you arrive. And so we want to recognize that as nice as this is, it cannot compare to what is to come. And so let's finish up by looking at chapter 13, verse 14. I want to stretch this out for you, not just into the for the present, but into the future. Chapter 13 of Hebrews, verse 14 says, For we have no continuing city, 
That means we don't have a city here, but we seek the one to come. Our experience, our physical experience of Zion isn't available yet. There's no, there's no seat here. It's not available. Um, and so we don't have a continuing city here. Um, and so uh, the fullest expression of our heavenly Zion, we have one to come. We wait for that. We look for that one. You know, as Paul said, when I'm absent from the body, I'm present with the Lord. I have a, I have a relationship with God, but in terms of the, being in his presence, that has to wait. It has to wait till this life is done unless Christ comes before this. And so um, our brother Fry, that uh, is now in the presence of the Lord, his heavenly city has come. <laughs> he has gone to it. Uh, we wait for that city to come, and uh, we press on. We endure, and here Israel endures a lot because they have a lot of hope in this land and in this city. And I wish I could say they had a lot of hope in the God of this land and city, and, but and some do, but not not all. Um, but we have a better hope, a better promise, a better city, but it's not here. It's in the city to come, and we look forward to being faithful, and that measure is till we are in the presence of God. And so that's my challenge. It's We have got some great stuff. You've got to accept it. You've got to get from where you are to where you can have a relationship with God. We want to grow in what God has given us, and we want to endure do not turn away because a lush valley can turn into a dead wilderness that fast. God simply has to rain sulfur on it. And remember that when Lot looked around the whole Holy Land, he said the best place was where right now there's no life at all. And so the warning stands, don't turn away from this. If he consumed these, he can consume us. So press on till Christ's coming. I wanted to end early because I want to let you guys talk and engage a little bit on what's going on and uh thank you for sending us here uh and providing the means for uh at least myself to get here um, but i don't want to miss the challenge that uh, we have all around us of, uh, this mount zion get there ascend you don't need to be in distress your help comes from the lord he'll bring you peace mercy You'll sanctify and establish you so your, your foot won't slip. Uh, that you might praise him and gather with his people and have eternal life. And give praise to him again and again. Let's have a prayer. Lord God, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for your word.
and for all that you provide us in Christ Jesus. I thank you that we don't have to pilgrimage here once or twice or three times a year to offer sacrifices. We have a sacrifice that has met all of our needs and all the needs of all men for the balance of time. And Lord, we thank you for such a precious gift of your grace your mercy, that we can have peace with you, we have eternal life, we can have uh, all the water of your word, and the oil of your spirit. Uh, Lord, you've given us so much. Lord, our prayer is you might find us filled with thanksgiving, that we might be your faithful servants, not given to temptation, or guard us from temptation. Keep us from it, that we might not reach out or even want to touch it, that we might seek after righteousness all our lives. And Lord, we thank you for heavenly Zion, that city that waits for us. Lord, we long for it, and we pray that we might see it soon, that you might come. But until that day, that we might live as citizens of that city and of no city here on earth. We praise things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen.